Good morning. <clears throat> Hate to wake you up. Good morning, guys. Boy, look at all these handsome faces out there. Anyway, I want to, well, mostly. Anyway, I want to welcome each and every one of you to Band of Brothers. And if this is your first time here, there's a sign-up sheet in the offering bowl. Please get that filled out. We'll get you officially welcome. So today is exciting because we're finishing up another series. We're finishing up the series on loyalty. We, we as men of God are supposed to be loyal, loyal to our God, loyal to our fellow brothers, loyal to our families. And next week, we will be starting, going on a path of a different, um, a different quality as, we, as we've been doing the whole, uh, the whole uh, uh, semester, the whole year. Uh, next week, we'll start um, about, we're going to be talking about leadership and what it means to be a godly leader, okay? So you don't want to miss that. Actually, the season's almost over. It's going by fast. So as you know, we break in August. It's the end of uh, July's the end of it. So uh, at this point, today's talk is going to be about Peter. And it's about Peter, and the name of that talk is, Peter, who do you say that I am? And at this time, I'd like to welcome Stan Schrader, who's going to come up and talk to us. Okay. Morning, brothers. I, um, I always consider it an honor and a privilege to stand up in front of you. And uh, I just want to ask God to uh, use this time powerfully in our midst here to... Uh, Show us what he wants us to know. So let me just bow in prayer for a minute. Father in heaven, I uh, thank you for the opportunity to speak to my brothers here. And uh, today, Lord, as we open your word and we see into the life of Peter, may there be something in there that speaks to our heart. And it, it uh, Lord, uh, causes us to pause and to, and to change. And so we ask that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, if you look in your pocket of your pants, your key ring, you might have a bunch of these on it. Okay. Now, I brought this in this morning to be a little dramatic. I don't really carry these around. <laughs> these are what they call loyalty programs. Okay. And um, sometimes you carry this on your phone, you do this electronically, but a lot of times you just carry these little things around and you flip these out here. And um, what the merchants want you to do is they want you to be loyal to them and buy from them. And they give you little rewards and things like that. So I must be real loyal because I have like three different drug stores on here. Um, I have like three grocery stores. Um, I even have... Um, Sears. Sears, shop your way. Rewards. Um, I haven't bothered to throw that one away yet. Um, I guess I'm still in mourning that Sears is gone and I have to go buy my craftsman tools at um, Home Depot or something like that. The, the ones I like better than this um, are the airline loyalty cards, okay? And anybody here who's ever traveled significantly, I know a couple of you guys probably have like five million miles already, um, those loyalty programs are really pretty cool because um, you get special seating, sometimes you get special prices, and um, 
you know, uh, those are worth a lot when they're jamming you like sardines in airplanes um, and everything like that. So I have a loyalty for practically all the major airlines. I even have one for TWA, US Airways, Eastern Airlines. I have all of these old loyalty programs that I was loyal to, to some extent. All right. Let's talk about loyalty of sports personalities to teams. Hmm. A little bit more sensitive topic, maybe. Okay. How about the loyalty of um, Terrell Owens? Remember Terrell Owens? How about, um, oh, I don't know. You can call them out, whoever they all are. Um, a bunch of sports personalities who are loyal to a team until the price changes. Okay, and uh, and uh, and uh, some of us here and here probably followed certain teams like the Dodgers, Michael, <laughs> um, and loyal for their whole life. My wife is loyal to the Green Bay Packers forever. Okay, and she's waiting for the chance to buy that one share of the uh, Green Bay Packers so she can be an owner. And that does happen every once in a while, but that team is owned by all the fans. How about the loyalty of our employers and our loyalty to our employers? A couple of us in this room worked for General Electric and we worked for the chairman whose name was Neutron Jack and Neutron Jack basically was disloyal to people and people disappeared by the tens of thousands. We were loyal to the company, but company wasn't loyal to us. Okay. A little bit more personal. How about your loyalty to a friend or loyalty to your marital partner? Okay. Today we're going to talk about loyalty to Jesus. And um, if you put up slide number two up there, here's the definition of loyalty, the, the state or quality of being loyal, faithfulness to commitments or obligations, faithful adherence to a sovereign, a government, leader, or cause. Okay, enough for that. Three words in that definition, faithful and faithfulness. Okay, or a close approximation of what the word loyalty is going to mean. I'm going to use the word loyalty in this talk this morning, but the real word in the biblical sense is faith, faithful, or faithfulness. Okay, um, and you won't find the word loyalty in the Bible. And I looked through two concordances, no mention at all of the word loyalty, but that we're gonna talk about loyalty. Think of it in terms of faithful or faithfulness. I'm gonna talk today about three stages in the life of Peter that had to do with his loyalty. Three different levels of loyalty. All right, and hopefully we can pull something out of that. Now, you know, Peter was the first disciple that Jesus called. So he was always sort of the first among equals, shall we say, among uh, Jesus' 12 disciples, okay? And you'll also hear him talk about, uh, in the Bible, also talk about Peter, James, and John. So that was the threesome. They were, they were sort of Jesus' inner circle, okay? And, uh, and so... Uh, many of the stories I'm going to talk about this morning are about Peter, and a couple of them have Peter and John in them, but basically Peter is the character we're looking at today. So three different stages in Peter's life journey related to loyalty. All right, on slide number three, 
um, and um, I didn't put a lot of verses in the, uh, in the slides because I'm going through a lot of scripture and it takes a lot of time to do all that. And besides that, you can't read it because it gets too small. If you have God's word in front of you, I'm going to reference it. And if you want to look it up on your phones or on your Bible, please do. I would encourage you to do that. I'm going to talk about Peter's first level of loyalty, and this is before testing, and it's before the crucifixion. Basically, the dividing point is the crucifixion before and the crucifixion after, okay? And the first part of Peter's loyalty before the crucifixion, um, there are several passages here. I'm going to go through them pretty quickly because I only have like 20 minutes this morning. Uh, is out of the book of Matthew, <clears throat> chapter 14. A lot of passages in Matthew this morning at this point in time, but uh, Jesus has just fed the 5,000, okay? So it's a really big event, <clears throat> and um, <clears throat> everybody is pretty, um, pretty jazzed about that, and then uh, Jesus tells the disciples to go get in the boat and go to the other side, okay? Now, they're going in the boat to the other side in the evening, okay? And this is the story where Jesus appears late in the night as a ghost. They're struggling against the waves, against the wind, getting across the Sea of Galilee. Okay? And late in the night, <clears throat> effectively, Jesus appears. They don't know it's him. They call it a ghost. Peter, in his impulsive way, said, Lord, this is out of 14, verse 28, Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you <clears throat> on the water. Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Do you think you would have done that? Would any of you in the middle of a storm got out of a boat and started walking on water? Pretty, pretty amazing. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. <clears throat> Jesus immediately reached out his hand <clears throat> and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Okay, so here's Peter's impulsiveness. Lord says, come, and he jumps out of the boat, walks on water until he becomes afraid, and Jesus calls out, his little faith. It says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Okay. A couple of chapters later in chapter 16, um, another encounter between Jesus and Peter. Okay. And this is a, a discourse on who do you say that I am, which is really the title that Michael gave me to talk to today. Who do people say I am? This is verse 13. Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, who do you say, who do people say that the Son of Man is? There's some answers. John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But Jesus says, who do you say I am? And he says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Pretty heady stuff at that point in time, um, but it's his understanding of faith and faithfulness at that point. It sounds pretty good, okay, but as we're going to see, it deteriorates, okay? Just before Jesus goes to the cross now, two more references, um, Mark 14, 29, 
Peter very forcefully says to Jesus, even though they all fall away, I will not. And this is Jesus' prediction that he's going to be crucified. Everybody's going to abandon him. Everybody's going to leave him. Even though they all fall away, I will not. Very bold words made by Peter. Luke twenty-two thirty-three. Lord, I am willing to go with you both to prison and to death. Again, these are bold statements. They're, they're probably impulsive statements, okay? This is one level of loyalty to make statements, to make promises, to commit to something that, that you don't really understand what that means. You could say Peter was overconfident. I'm going to be this disciple who's going to survive. I'm going to one who's going to be there for you, master. Okay? So I would say his loyalty is characterized by a certain amount of fear, a certain amount of doubt, certainly a, an amount of immaturity, but all of it in, in the absence of adversity. Okay? So his loyalty is not tested by adversity. So that's a level of, of loyalty that, um, that didn't go that far, although it sounded good. The second level of loyalty, I'm going to focus us on Matthew 26, and we're going to spend more of our time here on this at this point in time. This is Peter's test of loyalty during um, testing, okay? And what we're going to see in chapter 26 is Peter didn't do so well, okay? Starting with verse 33, um, Peter answered him, this is Matthew 26, 33, um, and uh, this is slide four that's up there. Peter answered him, though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Again, similar to what I just read in those other two passages in the other Gospels. Okay? Jesus says immediately to him, truly, truly, I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. You couldn't be two diametrically more opposed statements. I will never leave you. In verse 33, in verse 34, Jesus says, you will deny me before the rooster crows twice. So, so um, verse 35, Peter comes right back at him and says, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples had to say, you see this, you see this debate going on? Peter says, I have this loyalty. It's rock solid. It's never going to fail. I will go with you all the way. And smack dab in the middle of that, Jesus says, you're going to deny me three times. Pretty powerful, pretty powerful. Skip down to verse 36. Jesus and Peter encounter another time. Jesus is now in the in the dregs of, of human discouragement. He's in, he's in the dregs of, of severe, severe emotional trauma, we could call it in today's terminology. He knows he's going to go to the cross. He's going to die. And Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. 
and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Jesus said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed. Okay? After that was over, he came back, and what did he find? He found the disciples sleeping. All right, now, we know it was at night, okay? But Peter could not stay awake. And so Jesus said to Peter, now in verse 40, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. For indeed the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And a second time he comes to them and says, and Jesus goes to pray. And again, he found them sleeping. Where's, where's the loyalty? Where's the faithfulness that, that we're not awake for an hour while our master is going through the heaviness of a pending crucifixion? So he leaves again and prays a third time. And then something dramatic happens in verse 51 of chapter 26. Peter suddenly wakes up. Look at his loyalty now. He grabs his sword. He swings at the servant of the high priest, cuts off his ear. Looks like a lot of loyalty there, doesn't it? <laughs> okay. And Jesus said, no, no, that's not the way we're going to do this. Okay. Now, today I look at that and I say, you know, Peter had been a dead man if it was today. <laughs> there would have been four guns out. Peter would have been on the ground. <laughs> he would have been done. Okay. Somehow or other, the Roman soldiers were for restrained, and we know the story. Jesus heals the servant's ear, etc., and, um, and he goes on. But again, Peter's impulsiveness, his boldness. Okay. In verse 56, uh, all this is now after the um, after the uh, the betrayal. Um, in verse 56, all the disciples left him and fled. And then the very dramatic verses 69 through 74. Peter's sitting in the courtyard. He's sort of hanging back now. Okay, and his loyalty is tested. This is a acid supreme test of loyalty. He's just kind of looking at things, you know, you can see the, if you've watched the Chosen series, you can see how this thing kind of got played out, you know, or some of the biblical uh, video productions, etc. Um, they, they basically, he's standing by the fire warming himself and everything, and he starts to get confronted. Okay, and he's confronted by pretty low-level people, a servant girl, and then a next servant girl. We're not talking about high-powered people. We're not talking about rulers or high Jewish officials. We're talking about lowly servant people confronting him. And what's Peter's response? I don't know him. He even goes so far as to the third time he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I don't know the man. That's about as strong a denial as you could possibly make. That when you invoke a curse on yourself, to say, I don't know the man. And what happens next? The rooster crows. It's the low, it's the low spot. Matthew 26, 75, Peter is full of regret. He went out and wept bitterly. 
Have we ever been in a position in our life, even among human relationships, where we have been disloyal to somebody? Or shall I just say, we haven't been loyal to them? We've said something, we've done something, and immediately when it happens, we want to take it back, but we can't. And in your heart, you weep bitterly because of the damage that you've done that you can't take back. This is loyalty absent, okay? And I want to just say, what is, what is the issue with Peter? And I'm going to do something dramatic. I don't lose my uh, mic here. Fear. Peter experienced fear. He experienced fear in the boat. He experienced fear in front of these rather lower level people. Um, thank you. This part we didn't choreograph very well. All right. And Peter's problem was fear, okay? And that's our problem. It's the battle within. This shirt comes out of the men's conference we had here in 2019. And I thought of this when I was getting ready for this talk, and I thought, that is our problem with loyalty. That is our problem with um, faithfulness. We're afraid. We're afraid of what someone's going to say to us. We're afraid of what's going to happen. We're afraid of how what someone's going to think of us at this point in time. But I want to talk briefly about the third level of, of loyalty, and this is where the story gets better. Okay, in John 21, verses 15 to 17, Jesus has this most important encounter with, with Peter, do you love me? Okay, and I wish I could speak for a whole half an hour on this passage. It's so rich and full of meaning. Jesus asks him two times, do you love me? Which means, using the Greek word agape, do you love me with a sacrificial love, a love that's willing to give your life? And Jesus, I mean, Peter answers back and says, I love you. But he uses the word phileo in Greek, which is the word, I love you like a friend. Three different times, Jesus asked, do, two times he asked him, do you love me with a sacrificial love? Peter answers, every time I love you like a friend. So Jesus' third question is, do you love me like a friend? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I love you like a friend. There's two different levels of love there. Okay. It was pivotal in Peter's life. This is at the very end of John's Gospel, chapter 21. It's the second to the last paragraph in the Bible where G Jesus and Peter are having this dialogue. It's a pivotal, pivotal point, okay? What happened to Peter? Okay, the rest of the story about Peter you can see in the book of Acts, okay? You think of Acts often as a book that really details Paul and Barnabas and all the missionary journeys and all the goings and comings to the Gentiles, okay? The first 
nine or ten chapters of Acts is mostly about Peter, okay? And in Acts chapter 2, and again, we can't read all this, we don't have time. Acts chapter 2 is, is Peter's boldness to speak to literally thousands of people in Jerusalem. It's called his sermon at Pentecost, okay? What happened at Pentecost? Almost 3,000 souls accepted Christ. Amazing boldness that Peter spoke the word. He spoke the word to people who had been probably part of the crucifixion of Christ. He spoke to the leaders, okay? Powerful, powerful um, result of his speaking. Almost 3,000 souls were saved. Extreme boldness. Acts chapter 3, okay? Peter and John now are now speaking to a lame beggar, okay? And they want, he wants alms. Peter says, I don't have silver and gold, but I have something better than that, okay? He introduces him to Christ, raises the man, the man is healed, and his actions, their actions are, are seen by the Jewish leaders, okay? All right, there's a conflict coming here, okay? Peter's boldness in front of people, his, his direct um, boldness in confronting the people and saying, you killed the Christ, but he is here, he's risen, etc. That's in the essence of chapter 3, all right? In chapter 4, he is brought before the Jewish council. He's brought before the Sanhedrin. Seventy learned senior Jewish religious leaders plus the high priest, total of 71 people, okay? And he, he boldly proclaims in chapter 4, verse 12, after confronting them, now these are mostly Sadducees, these are people who effectively didn't believe in the resurrection, and Peter's there saying, yes, Jesus resurrected, completely blows over um, their, their restrictions on, 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 uh, on resurrection. So he says, in verse 12, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Says it to the Supreme Court. It's the Supreme Court of the times. And he stands up and boldly says that to the Supreme Court. One more incidence, instance in Acts chapter 10, Peter is told to in a vision to kill and eat. A sheet drops down, it has a bunch of animals in it, some of them which were not considered clean by Jewish standards, okay? And the outcome of that vision is that, that Peter is coaxed to witness to Cornelius the centurion. It's the first recorded example where a disciple talks to a Gentile and introduces Jesus to the Gentiles. Paul was not the first, Peter was the first. Boldness, unbelievable boldness. So where are you in your loyalty to Christ? Is your loyalty to Christ immature, kind of like Peter's first phase? Is your loyalty to Christ kind of like failing? Is it tanking? Are you full of fear? Do you have... Um, doubts? Or is your loyalty bold, like we see in the last part of Peter's life? 
I have a couple of discussion questions up there that I'd like for you to uh, take time at your tables to talk about after you, you know, connect and share your prayer requests, etc. I want to leave you with one final quote um, from an author who said, it is better to be a follower who fails than one who fails to follow. It is better to be a follower who fails than one who fails to follow. May we be men who follow, and if we fail, we pick up and carry on. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate your listening this morning.